Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. University of Calgary, Dr. Craig Jenny, Associate Professor, Microbiology, Immunology, and Infectious Diseases. Craig, good morning. Good morning. I'll save a call to my mom later on. I'll ask you, what's the weather like out there? Uh, surprisingly nice. Uh, last real weekend to get Christmas lights up, I think. There you go. Yeah, but don't turn them on till no, after no, no, Remembrance not, not Day. On. Yeah, just, no, just I know. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Hey, I want to ask you a, a question that I just got from a listener, and I heard uh, one of our co-hosts on the start this morning on the morning show, Brett McGarry, was saying he has a friend uh, that has not yet been vaccinated, but he is waiting for the Novavax vaccine. And Keith says, how please ask Dr. Jenny if he can tell us anything about this Novavax vaccine, which uh, is seeking approval with Health Canada. Appreciate it. That's from Keith. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a new uh, vaccine that, that uses a different technology, more of a classic vaccine technology, where we take a protein from the virus and mix that in very similar to what we do for a flu shot so mm-hmm. i think some people may be more comfortable with the technology behind it or the the formulation the, the early results suggest it works it works well but maybe not quite to the same level of protection as as the pfizer or moderna shot and i think what we really are missing or, or what we will learn over the coming months is how well this also holds up against the variant so i think that's really been the stunning success of pfizer and moderna is how well they actually work against the variants uh, mm-hmm. something I don't think we would have predicted on day one. Uh, so I, I'd be curious to see how well this protein uh, version holds up. But but it is it has been submitted to Health Canada. We are awaiting approval, and, and it will be another important tool for those people who, for example, don't want or can't receive the, the other approved vaccines in Canada. Mm-hmm. There was some um, uh, there was some survey results this week that basically said many of the people that aren't vaccinated yet just feel like, you know what, the risk of getting the vaccine to, to me, and, and usually it's young men, right, or, or you know, yeah. younger individuals, the risk of getting COVID is less concerning to me than the risks of, uh, you know, getting the shot, one of the vaccines. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was sort of interesting. Um, but again, I think this goes back to you not, you're not just doing it for you, you're doing it for everybody, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is protecting those in your social circles, outside your social circles in society, you know, on the bus, at the the, the checkout at the grocery store. But I also think even personally that the risk benefit, we've seen the numbers. We have administered uh, tens of thousands of doses of vaccine or tens of millions, sorry, of doses Mm -hmm. of vaccine across Canada. And we know right now, for example, in Alberta, that those that are under the age of 40, 95 percent of the ones in ICU are not vaccinated. Um, we also know that hospitalizations are just the tip of the iceberg. There is long COVID syndrome. Younger people get a systemic inflammatory syndrome. We don't know what those do long term. So looking at just hospital numbers and death is really just scratching the surface of the impact of what COVID actually has on young, healthy people. We talked about this last time you were on, I think, but we've been focusing in again on the southern health region here in Manitoba, uh, you know, several times mm-hmm. more likely to get COVID in that part of the province compared to, say, here in the city of Winnipeg. And I just wonder if maybe we've reached a point where this is it, 
right? The, the people that aren't vaccinated aren't going to get vaccinated. We need to deal with that. Have, do you think we've reached that point yet, Craig? I don't think so. I think the, the studies that have looked at that have really identified vaccine hesitancy or, or anti-vax as only really a small part of the problem. Believe it or not, we still have access problems to vaccine clinics, to, to pharmacies that have them. We have seen uptake in Alberta where, for example, a vaccine bus will go to a community and offer a, a temporary clinic right in town. Um, so, so there are other things that can be done. Uh, are we going to see that lead to 15 or 20% increase in vaccination? Probably not, but it will still get numbers up. So I think we still have to try these other pathways to, to help encourage people to get the shot. And I hope more people do get vaccinated. I just wonder at some point we're going to hit a wall. I'm not sure that's now, but if not now, it's going to be soon. And then if we have that portion of the population that does not get vaccinated and we see these areas like the Southern Health Region here in the province of Manitoba where there's more COVID, um, what risk does that pose to people in other parts of a province like, say, us here in Winnipeg? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. These are not regional problems at the end of the day and you know we've got very good real world evidence here in Alberta where outbreaks in in more remote or rural communities where vaccine uptake is is perhaps lower than the cities are impacting the ability of people in Edmonton and Calgary to get elective surgery if the hospital is full with people with covid regardless of where they're from in the province it means other surgeries other procedures can't go ahead so there is a knock on effect even if the cities are fully vaccinated and somewhat safe from covid the the delay in the healthcare system the stress on the healthcare system the cost to the healthcare system uh is immediate and then and then we get the longer lasting effects of what does that do to education systems in those communities if schools are you know transitioning from in-person to online learning or people are missing significant periods of education because of outbreaks. Well, you just mentioned schools. I mean, a big piece of the puzzle, right, that remains is getting mm-hmm. 5 to 11-year-olds vaccinated, and it looks like that's going to be soon, probably. Yeah, it, the, the evidence is looking really good. I was encouraged to see the U.S. FDA and, and CDC approve uh, a formulation of the vaccine for younger people. That doesn't mean it will be approved in Canada, but it, it's mm-hmm. you know good evidence. Health Canada has that information right now. We are evaluating that on our own. We do not simply follow the lead of, of the U.S. administration. So our doctors are looking at that, and, and we anticipate in a couple of weeks to get an answer to that. And if it's positive, then I think that will be a major piece of the, the puzzle to ensure that these at-risk groups are, are not catching the virus and critically passing it on, for example, to grandparents at Christmas or family members in the same household. So it will be a big step. Yeah, time is right. I mean, listen, if you want to gather, if you're unvaccinated and you want to gather with family over the holidays, time's running out for you. Absolutely. It takes, you know, a month and a half to two months for full protection. So, you know, if you want to gather over the holidays, right now is the time for that first shot. You still need time to get that booster in before or the second shot before Christmas arrives. So, yeah, if, you, if you're, you know, on the fence going, well, I, I, I intend on getting it, maybe just not today. No, today's the day to, to, to get out to that clinic and, and get your first shot. I don't know if you want to weigh in on this or not, but uh, it's interesting. Some of the stuff we've seen in the U.S. early on, and we've said, well, that will never happen here, and then we see it happen here. The latest is President Biden in the U.S. says now private companies with 100 or more employees are going to have to be vaccinated by January the 4th, um, which, you know, I mean, that that's significant. There will be a lot of people 
that won't like that. I, I don't know if you, like, are we going to have to see stuff like that happen to get to the next level and, and get more people vaccinated, more, more uh, stringent mandates like that? I'm not sure if that's, in my opinion, even the right approach to go. I think that these ideas of a a vaccine passport or whatever we're calling it in Alberta, a restriction exemption program, is perhaps the better way to do that, where people can simply choose not to participate in certain activities if they're not vaccinated, as opposed to uh, sort of a top-down, everybody must be vaccinated. So, you know, you you can still obviously exist uh, uh, safely in society without being vaccinated if you're not gathering in these larger social groups. So if, if you know, participation in those events requires vaccine, then it becomes a choice of, of whether you want to be vaccinated or whether you want to engage in these other activities. Dr. Craig Jenny, appreciate the conversation. Thank you. You're welcome, Hal. Take care. You too. Associate Professor, Microbiology, Immunology, and Infectious Diseases at the University of Calgary. You're- going to bring in my weather expert buddy bruce johnson here in just a second a couple of text messages at 204-780-6868 relating to the weather shirley says how my son and his beautiful fiance are getting married outdoors in lactaboni on november 10th which is next wednesday after waiting because of covid we're cheering for nice weather i just checked uh seven degrees chance of a flurry uh shirley for the wedding And by the way, Bruce Johnson, who we're going to talk to in a second here, he was instrumental in my outdoor wedding going off without any weather issues. So we'll maybe mention that with him in just a sec here. Uh, Hal, I don't know if others are going to be doing this or not or whether this has been mentioned, but I will be putting up my Christmas lights over the next several days in this nice weather. Yes, absolutely. Johnny says, Hal, The golf course is reopening. It's like winning the lottery when you can open a golf course in Manitoba in the first week of November. No kidding. And Ed says, hell, let's have some fun. The weather's incredible. Hope all Manitobans take full advantage of it. Someone, though, has to tell the geese, geese, Hal, that it's time to fly south. Let's do it nicely, though, but tell the geese they've got to head out. Still a ton of them downtown. I've also never seen the river so low. We're actually going to talk more about that today here on CGOB a little later on. Uh, Have a great lunch, Ed says, and stay safe, everyone. Thank you very much. Appreciate the text messages. You have a nice lunch as well, Ed. Let's bring in Bruce Johnson, my weather expert buddy. Bruce, good morning. Good morning. Bruce, uh, Was uh, when Jackie and I got married... We got married at the lake outside, and uh, so we were constantly checking in with Bruce. And Bruce, we were going to have fireworks. And Bruce says, you know what, get get the fireworks in by 10, 30, quarter to 11, and you'll be fine. And literally, we timed it based on Bruce's forecast. We got the last firework went off, and then somebody said, hey, was that a drop of rain? I mean, you know, I've said for a long time, Bruce is incredible when it comes to the weather, but uh, and, and we're talking about Shirley's uh, son getting married in Lactabonnie uh, on Wednesday. Do you want to give her an idea what it's going to be like? I said a high around 7, Bruce. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere. It will be cooler than it the next few days. next few days is going to be the warmest. Now, average is plus 2 and minus 6, so any seven, if it's even 7 degrees, that's a, a bonus day because it's above average. I think toward the end of the, we, you know, the, the period, say, just about this time next week, we'll be getting close to 
the averages, but the averages fall very quickly this time of year because more and more often you know, there's snow on the ground. I mean, you get to the end of the month and um, more years than not have snow on the ground, so that makes the averages go down even faster because you get snow on the ground, it really gets cold. So I'm, I'm a, if we don't, as long yeah. as we don't have snow on the ground, it's not going to be cold. Very, really, very, very cold yet. Right, that snow. If there's no snow on the ground, you're right. That that does tend to keep things warmer. Um, I wanted to ask you about the forecast I just read. We've been saying sunny and 13 on Saturday. Now the new Environment Canada forecast, which just came out, says a mix of sun and cloud on Saturday and a high of eight. I mean, still way above normal, but that's a bit disappointing. Well, yeah, it's as compared to the 13 they were calling for before. I'm somewhere in between, maybe 10 or 11, but that's still a bonus this time of year. So. Uh, I know sooner or later the other shoe will drop, but I don't know when. The La Nina and uh, oscillation numbers haven't come out yet. Uh, I was w- wishing for them, but it will be early next week, probably now. And you were telling me in a text message, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, that you were keeping your your eye on a system that was about a week out. You weren't sure what it might bring, and now you're saying it's gone from the models completely, but that doesn't mean it might not pop back up again. Exactly. Sometimes they disappear and, and then show up again. There's absolutely almost no precipitation whatsoever for the next two weeks as of today's model run. The chance of rain tomorrow, that's pretty skimpy. I mean, I'm, anything measurable would be probably less than 20%, but there doesn't seem to be anything on the long-term model at all as far as rain or snow. But that could change. It could change very quickly because you get a couple weeks out. That, that's too far. The model's just don't have a grasp on it uh you get much more than a week and and you can see what i saw it was there and now it isn't and something might show up again but i'll just i'll let you know when it does but i don't see one right now and that means the mild and dry weather will continue that won't be as mild as it'll be the next three days for example but it will be milder than what you would normally expect now once we have snow on the ground you can throw that out the window yeah. All right, pal. Thanks a lot. Just uh, wanted to focus in. We've had many days of pretty serious, heavy news, and I just wanted to focus in on the good stuff today a little bit, which is the weather, and I always appreciate your help. And you've got your fans out there, so whenever you're on, uh, they're happy, and so they're happy for a little while again. Well, at least they're happy now because I gave them good good news, so that's, that's probably, right. that doesn't hurt. Yeah. Bruce, thanks a lot. Okay, talk to you later. Bruce Johnson, my weather expert buddy, you can get to his weather website by going to my site. Just go to halanderson.ca, click through to Bruce's site there. That's probably uh, the easiest way uh, for you to uh, get to Bruce. Uh, Robert says, Hal, weather is going to be fantastic for the Bomber game. No kidding. Much better, I would imagine, much better this weekend than... um, for the Western final, right? <laughs> Which uh, will be, you know, a month or so from now. So who knows what we might be dealing with then. Michelle got the uh, tough trivia question right. The question again, women say the best place to hide snacks from their spouse and kids is in their car, but 9% have hidden them as well in their bed (laughs) they hide the snacks in the bed so that their spouse and kids uh, don't get it very good michelle enjoy the movie tickets and treats for two at landmark cinemas all right let's bring in carolyn classen now from connexus counseling hi carolyn 
Hey, Hal, how are you doing? Have you ever hidden snacks in the bed to keep them away from your husband? <laughs> I thought the answer would be bedroom closet because that's my, uh, you know, that's n- your nook of choice. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, now you've given it away on the radio. Everybody's going to know where <laughs> Carolyn hides her stuff. <laughs> We were going to talk about the weather today, and when I sent the email to Heather, when I sent the email to Carolyn, my boss's name is Heather. I guess that's why Heather all of a sudden popped into my head. Um, Carolyn, uh, I sent her an email, and uh, when Carolyn replied, she goes, "Well, you've now just taken it away from me because it's no longer going to be sunny and uh, 13 on Saturday. It's now." Uh, oh, and my computer's not frozen anymore. Oh, that's good. Uh, it's now going to be partly sunny and 8. But listen, still, you know, when normal this time of the year is 3, 4 degrees, we're going to have several days of really nice weather. The uh, golf courses are opening up again. We were talking to Southside Golf Course about this. This puts us in a better mood. This that We're in better mental health when the weather is like this, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, enjoying the, you know, an extended fall every day of above zero weather is one less day of below zero weather, which we all um, really appreciate. I think the challenge for all of us is, is if our well-being is completely dependent on the weather, then when it's not good, that means that we are doomed to not feeling good. And so I think the challenge is to enjoy it when it comes, but also to figure out how to not have our well-being hooked on good weather because when those two are attached, then we're really vulnerable to when the weather turns. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, have pointed out to me in text messages and emails here today that, hey, I'm a winter person. I, I can't wait for the snow, right? Which is which is the other side of it, I guess, to each their own. Um, I, I mentioned at the start of the show, and we've talked a couple times here over the course of the show, about today uh, being Diwali. Uh, which And, and uh, Brett McGarry, who is big on pronunciations points out that the w is pronounced as a v but i'm Mm. sure diwali is fine too and what i like about this and why i think it's so important that we point out these holidays that maybe we're not familiar with this is how we have better understanding of other people in our community right Yeah, well, your show is called Connecting Winnipeg, right? And I think as we look to figure out how to connect Winnipeggers better to each other, one of the ways we do that is to become more familiar with who each other is. And so I just learned something about Diwali is better pronounced Diwali. Um, And I think as you might know somebody in your circle, coworkers, neighbors, friends, whatever, who are celebrating, I think that the uh, default is for us to say, well, I don't know much about it and I don't want to appear foolish. So I'm not going to, you know, inquire too much because that would display my ignorance. I think the other way of flipping it is to say, I'm going to show my curiosity and learn something about a culture in a way that shows interest in another person and allows them the dignity and the respect of being able to share something that's important to them. And I think as we begin to understand each other's cultures and traditions, we become a community that is better able to be kind and compassionate to each other. I did want to give you an opportunity um, to weigh in on uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, sexual assault uh, scandal, the report that came out, because now we've heard from everybody. Of course, we heard from Shovel Dayoff and Chipman the other day, and I did want to give you, you know, it's been a heavy several days, and that's been one of the big heavy stories that we've had to cover. But uh, we only talk once a week, so I did want to give you a chance to, you know, take a minute or a minute and a half here to give me some thoughts as you've watched all this play out. Well, it it aches me that this is something that we have to talk about and that Kyle Beach has had this experience. Like, that's absolutely 
something that um, I wish we lived in a world where that wasn't necessary. But because it's necessary, I love that people who have ordinarily not had the impact of sexual abuse and the importance of being able to, when you tell somebody about it, to be able to be heard, have that story valued and acted upon, that people who haven't ever really thought about this stuff have been thinking about it and have been working about it. Have been, have been thinking and being deliberate about how to move forward on this. And so I love the JET's commitment to say we want to be a part of the solution. And I think as Winnipeggers, we have to applaud that and then start asking the question, how can we be a part of that solution as well? What do we do to move this conversation forward in a way that is going to allow somebody's um, situation in the future to be very different than what Kyle's was? And uh, I think we are going to work towards a better world because of these really important conversations that we've been having. Yeah. Um, After 18 months, they say, experts say that COVID fatigue is finally setting in. And and I'm seeing it just in preparing my show and what people want to talk about every day. Um, We we still have this pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic, but people are caring more now about other stories. They're, uh, you know, focusing in on stuff that we used to look at before, like taxes and the economy and education. Uh, We're just kind of over it, right? We are over it, even as we're still in it. And so I have been speaking with groups. I have a lot more talks coming up this week uh, and this month. And part of it is is that now I get to do some of these talks in person, which is wonderful to have these conversations in person, to be able to be with people and have conversation and dialogue with others in the room in a way that we had to do only online before. But those conversations speak about the heaviness and the weariness of pandemic. Uh, and so I think the challenge is for us all to figure out how to make pandemic something that is still there but not the central or the only focus and uh, my husband and I we went out for dinner inside for the first time since the pandemic started last night in Winnipeg and we asked for an isolated table it felt like a you know a step out that felt very brave for me because I've been more on the cautious side uh, to be really respectful to first responders and those that are impacted with low immunity and so I but it felt so normal. It felt so delicious to be out and mm-hmm. to, you know, just be in that space. And I think we need to figure out how to live with it in a way that is actually living full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been out a little more lately, too. And, and you're right. It, it feels weird. But at the same time, it feels good. I mean, I'm wearing my mask. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm, you know, socially distancing. And we do, I think, and we are starting to learn how to live with this. Yeah, for sure. A funny one, a headline caught my attention. And, and I, it, it'll be a more serious conversation. But the headline is, adults would prefer cleaning to sex when they need to de-stress. And I thought, well, maybe careful. Carolyn's got some ideas on, on how to de-stress, not, not cleaning or sex. Um, like, for example, yesterday, I had a stressful day. And uh, at the end of the day, I was just like, I was, oh, man. And I have to learn better to deal with stress, right? And, and so I don't know if you've got any thoughts on de-stressing or dealing with stress. Carolyn, help me out. Well, I think we are all recognizing that when we have a stressful time, we have to figure out how to finish that feeling to finish the stress and get ourselves back into a safe place so we can let go of the stress. And uh, I think cleaning and sex are both great ways of de-stressing because both of them at the end leave you feeling good about things, right? 
Um, I, I think a lot of us, when we de-stress, we de-stress with things that in the big picture will actually create more stress. If you're online shopping or if you're my own personal de-stressor, that is the one that is my automatic go-to is Ruffles barbecue potato chips, which in the moment helps, <laughs> but in the, in the end actually creates more stress because I feel kind of gross and I know that that wasn't a good choice, right? And so a lot of people that are drinking an extra glass of wine, that does work, but not really in the big picture. And so I think we have to look at what am I, de- how am I de-stressing? And are these de-stressors that are actually not just, de- just de-stressing in the moment, but also in the big picture? Is this truly good for me? And can I adopt some strategies which are going to be good in the moment and in the big picture? They exist. We just have to be mindful and deliberate about choosing them. And you know, Carolyn, when you get to be my age, the cleaning lasts a lot longer than sex. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. Take care. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. She joins us every Thursday after the 1130 news. Connexuscounseling.ca. Connexuscounseling.ca.